0: Have you ever wanted to be the first to know if aliens really exist? Well, with Nebula, you can be. Nebula is the streaming service that's home to It's Probably Not Aliens, as well as our YouTube channels. And the best part, all of our content goes up early on Nebula. So when we break first contact with ET, you'll be the first to find out. That's right, you'll be able to listen to the next episode of this show before anyone else. Plus, we post bonus content that you won't find any other place. And the best part, by signing up for Nebula at nebula.tv slash probably not you're directly supporting the show and both of us. So don't wait any longer. Join Nebula today and be the first to know if this time it really is aliens.
1: I guess we should talk about
0: it, huh? Talk about what just happened. Oh man, off I, off mic. I kind of feel so so so. Scott and I spent the last hour, a full hour, full hour recording this podcast. I, I have a master's degree in American cultural studies, but we had to spend an hour navigating through the arcane folds of Ticketmaster. Yep, because
1: because because exciting news. So apparently, yeah. So so <laughs> hopefully exciting.
0: It turns out, Ancient Aliens is doing a a tour um mm-hmm. and like the intelligent and we people we could in.
1: We could not Um, resist that opportunity because one
0: of them, one of the one of their tour stops is in Kalamazoo, Michigan, which happens to be not super duper far from where I live, and apparently also happens to be like the town you grew up in as like a little baby. It's my
1: old my old stomping grounds of Kalamazoo, Michigan. Well, really, I lived in Portage, but Kalamazoo is a much bigger city around that area. My old stomping grounds, as they would say, uh, and I get to go back there to to watch live in person in concert yeah. i hope their songs uh ancient aliens we got everyone's gonna be there we got georgios sukalos we got david childress we got doctor this is the Octopus. thing doctor Tra- <laughs> doc ock will be there Dr. Travis Taylor, we are confused about this one because on the Ancient Aliens live tour website, there is one line, one paragraph that says Dr. Travis Taylor will not appear on on shows between September 14th and September 24th. And then like two paragraphs later under tour dates, it says Dr. Travis Taylor will not appear on shows between September 14th and November 5th. Now, the tour the date that we're going to go on is Kalamazoo, Michigan as we said, November 3rd, which falls in between those dates, so it is unclear to us Quantum whether... Dr. Taylor. <laughs> Dr. Quantum Schrodinger's Dr. Travis Taylor. Taylor. <laughs> we will find out if if he will be there. But um, this is exciting for yeah. us. We were we were teasing the idea of maybe doing uh, some sort of meetup for the podcast, uh, uh, like a day or so beforehand. Maybe not in Kalamazoo specifically. But Turns either. out Kalamazoo,
0: uh, which yeah. I, I imagine as a population of uh, not that I hate Kalamazoo. I'm sure it's a perfectly cromulent city. No um, cool people come from there. Yeah, it does have a population of about seventy three thousand. When mm-hmm. one of the things that we can do. Uh, is go to a meetup in, uh, one of the two cities that we would have to pass through in order to get there anyway, which would basically, uh, Kalamazoo is exactly like halfway between Detroit and Chicago. So, um, essentially we'll have to make our minds up about that one. So, um, we're going to, this, we like usually, you know, more professional podcasters would have this all figured out before we said it to the public, but we literally figured it out like right before this and we got too excited. So. Um, we will eventually decide whether we're going to do Chicago or Detroit. Maybe send a tweet to at props, not
1: aliens to d- yes. team Detroit or team Chicago. Um, Maybe I'll, maybe I'll put like a form on props, not Maybe I'll have like a poll that's just like Chicago or Detroit vote, vote here. And then you, everyone can vote yeah. for, for what city we should go to. Um, I just think this is gonna be fun. I just think it's gonna be fun. We're gonna we're gonna document it. We're gonna vlog it. We're you know we're gonna make a whole podcast episode about it, about yeah, our and experience.
0: We could probably record the first, it's probably not aliens, where we will just be beside each other.
1: That's true. Yeah. will be the it'll be the first episode where it's just where it's actually you and me in the same room together. And probably not, us in some sort of Airbnb trying to like yeah. not not piss <laughs> off the person who's like house. who's trying to like just watch their uh watch Netflix and Sorry, so like, we just, we got to talk about ancient, what, all they hear through the walls is us saying ancient aliens, and they know that we're here for an ancient aliens thing, and they're they're going to think that we're not, they're going to think that we're believers in it, and they're going to be like, oh, these weirdos, these wackos that we have in our Airbnb. We need to get Ugh. pocket
0: recorders and do man on the street things with people yes. while they're like
1: waiting to go in. Now, um, I know what you're wondering. Are we going to meet the people? And the answer is no, because we I don't number 1 I don't think we could figure out how to do that on Ticketmaster. They had like a package for like, like a, a meet photo. and greet and a photo, but like I didn't even I didn't see those available. So it's possible they're already sold out. Um but also I don't know if I, w- I don't know if I would want to, like, it's already sort of like, it's already sort of weird to give, to directly give these people money, but then to also give them more money and take a photo of it. Yeah. Of, if they, the, if they them? do like,
0: uh, like when I saw Penn and Teller in Las, uh, Las Vegas, they did a sort mm-hmm. of like meet and greet afterwards. And if they do something like that, I'm sure I would be yeah. like, Hey, it's Tristan Johnson from the podcast. It's probably not aliens where I debunk your shitty show week by week. Um.
1: Yeah. Hi. We'll, we'll tell them. <laughs> let's Hold the on. Let's, we, <laughs> let's tell them that our podcast is called "It's Probably Aliens," and then uh, they will. Just, they'll just ignore the "not" is in parentheses, right? Yep. So you can really it's just optional. ignore that part. It's it's, it's optional. So that's exciting.
0: That's or what we spent
1: money on. We go there
0: uh, <laughs> and we uh, somehow wrangle together It's Probably Not Aliens t shirts and just wear them at the show and just be like, hey,
1: Ooh, our glow in the dark props Not Aliens t shirts that we keep talking about. Mm-hmm. That would be fun. We'll just pass them out to people. We won't do that. We have to make money somehow. Yeah. <laughs> you can't just pass them out. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Anyway. Don't say we never did anything for you because uh, we did have one
0: month where we made a little bit of money off this podcast. And I guarantee we are going to spend all of that and then some to go to
1: this live show in the middle of Michigan. (laughs) Thank you. Last month's sponsors and the the only sponsors we'll ever have. Yeah. We're going to take that money. And we're going to go see ancient aliens live Um, in, in concert. Yeah. Just live in large off of our things Uh, living off of a podcast, um, this podcast, which is called, it's probably not aliens. um, It's a great podcast and we have fun doing it. And we're going to try a whole bunch of new things. Um, and what is, what is this podcast about, you might be wondering? Well, you know, it's a podcast where we look at ancient aliens, the TV show, and ancient astronaut theory, and all that sort of stuff. And we, uh, you know, sometimes debunk it. Sometimes we just sort of look into it, learn about the history of real life people, places, and things. And uh, I'm my name is Scott Nicewander. I know nothing. I didn't, I didn't even know that ancient aliens was live until Tristan told me it was happening in Kalamazoo. And then we had to go, then, then my world was rocked. Mm -hmm. My name is Tristan Johnson. I researched the things and I apparently
0: have a Google alert for ancient aliens that, uh, made (laughs) me aware that this was coming from a local Kalamazoo (laughs) news website. So um I'm the reason that this was inflicted upon Scott today. Um yeah. But uh yeah uh, this Thank show you for that. We, this the, show yeah. This show typically goes to live shows for ancient alien no. This show uh de- <laughs> debunks ancient astronaut theory, pseudoscience, pseudo history, pseudo archaeology and all the stuff that is epitomized in the history channel dramatization of the first few results of Google known as ancient aliens. Um That's right.
1: Until we can beat
0: them. Yeah. until this show
1: becomes first on Google. Do you think that'll happen? Probably not. No. Will it be first on AI Bing? Maybe. Maybe. The jury's I, still out. If, what's it called? Uh, if, if our analytics are to be
0: believed, uh, if we were ever to do a live episode of this podcast, uh, it would be in Seattle because y'all's are crazy. Seattle is like by far the biggest, uh, like there must be some like real big fans of it's probably not aliens in Seattle. So shout out to Seattle. Dang. But um, I didn't even know that. Was that in our analytics? That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's the uh, biggest markets in the, the, The the one that stuck out as it's the highest and also the highest that's not just L.A. and New York, you know, so. Well, um, is it
1: do you think it's because I keep talking about Grey's Anatomy? Does Grey's Anatomy take place in Seattle? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I think so. Pretty sure. Where does Grey's Anatomy take place? And don't you dare say a hospital, Google. Google. I, I
0: was surprised because like uh, the other Shonda Rhimes show that is designed to um, specifically give Tristan Johnson an aneurysm um, because it is a show that uh, is a very humongous quotation marks period piece Oh, but Bridgeton. has absolutely zero connection to anything that resembles human history. I watched mm-hmm. about five minutes of it and I saw uh costumes that spanned over seven hundred years of yeah. fashion history. Co- <laughs> Costuming's like, not g- everyone knows the costuming is not great. You just have to roll with it. And then I'm all, I'm like, wait a minute. Um there's sp- like I know this period, there's supposed to be a whole lot more racism going on towards these people. What the fuck's going on here? Oh, let's per-
1: let but it's not a historical thing. It's just like fun. Yeah, it's gleefully romancing. not historical historical um yes gray's anatomy does take place in seattle i forgot that the hospital's original name was uh seattle grace Duh. now has
0: anybody ever done a shonda you know how there's like that that there was that theory a while back I'm, i don't know how it's held up in time but that theory that like all of the pixar movies oh. are in the same continuity yeah do they have a shonda Rhimes version of this where like some of
1: them do pretty genuinely. little liars.
0: Is that, is that her?
1: I have no idea. No, not pretty. Why little would liars. I know that there's like a, what's it called? There's a murder one. Um, sure. And I have, I, some of them do genuinely take place in the same. Like obviously Grey's anatomy and private practice and, uh, station 19 all take place in the same universe. At least I think they're, maybe more but those genuinely do because the characters crossover and such this is not what this podcast is about no Tristan, no, no no we no. can't talk about gray's anatomy i'm gonna get lost i'm yeah, gonna go true. down a rabbit okay hole. everybody
0: here we'll get into what we're actually gonna talk about uh bienvenue bienvenue at it's probably not aliens c'est une podcast pour les, what are
1: you doing? Uh, les uh we are going to france today Oh, we're going to France. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. um, I didn't know. I knew you were speaking a different language. Is this the language you're learning with the language app with the owl? It's the one that, so I'll tell you. So like my French
0: education is very, I've learned, like I can speak enough French fine, but it's very like, I never, I, I never really did well in classes for French. So all Mm. of the French I learned, I learned by like living in Quebec and talking to people and, you know, just having to do your day-to-day shit in French. Right. And, um, so I can speak it decently. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, never mind what I just, the previous sentence I said earlier. (laughs) Um, Uh but I, uh, I never like learned the rules. So I kind of use Duolingo to get myself like to fill in the gaps of stuff, um, but yeah, so we're going to France. We're going to France. We're going, well, okay. We're going to a part, we're going to one of those parts of Europe where you, it's in one country, but if you said it was that country, okay. they'd be very mad that you said it was that country. Oh, So we're going to Brittany. Um, Brittany. Yes. So we're starting, this is the first episode. Well, this is the first episode of a new episode of it's of ancient aliens where we're getting into, uh, gods and oh. claims that basically like giants and gods from mythology are all aliens and alien human hybrids we're back on the alien human hybrids thing again
1: all right we there was a there was a tweet because i'm unfortunately still browsing twitter occasionally about the um what was the episode we did a while back about giants that was Um, what we did on the nephilim which i believe we had either
0: we had trey the explainer on for that one i believe
1: yes there was a there was a tweet a couple days ago as of this recording that was like we all need to prepare for when the nephilim come back what will you do and, uh, and so, and people, I think someone tagged us in that, uh, in that tweet. Just, so I guess I got to find out what are we going to do when these gods and giants come back? How are we going to fight them? Is yeah. that what this, are we learning how to fight them? What's this episode about? What well, are we talking
0: about specifically? What's interesting is that we, um, this episode of ancient aliens, uh, was the most confused and disjointed of them where I had a lot of trouble parsing Wild. out like, what to actually talk about because it bounced around between so many like vague ideas that mm. I was just like, okay, I. So we're starting with a place called, uh, in a place, a place called the Carnac Stones, which is apparently another a staple of the ancient alien ancient astronaut uh genre of things so they're in Brittany, which is in france Brittany is uh the sort of like northwestern jutting out peninsula in france okay uh if you think about it as like the part of france that's jutting out and trying to touch cornwall in the uk gotcha i am
1: definitely not googling what france looks like Uh, okay (laughs) My first thought was, oh, the boot. That's Italy. Um, Oh, yes. I see what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Brittany is... Britain. So according to ancient
0: aliens, these Karnak stones, which I gave you a picture of, if you see in the thing, uh, yes, I'll describe them in a second is a group of stones that they believe might've been a way of communicating with extraterrestrials. They pulled out all, they pull all the classics, like look at this line. They can all see from, be seen from space, like, or what's it called? Mm -hmm. They can, they, they can't be seen, but like, they can only, they show these patterns that can only be seen from above. Um, Oh, I see. And that it apparently has a geometric arrangement that predates the Pythagorean theorem by over 2,000 years. Whoa! And so they decided that this means that it's either a marker for aerial vehicles either it's, a, it's f- the French Gnazga lines, uh, or it's uh, just emitting energy. And we've talked about energy in the past. And so it's just, just, it's just an energy. Concept
1: of energy. Yeah. yeah.
0: And so they believe that it was made by humans, sure, but with the guidance of extraterrestrials in some capacity, because of all of its sophisticated... S- because of s- how math. cool it is.
1: Let me explain, let me describe these to people. Um, so, what I'm looking at in this photo is, is an aerial photo, so you can see it from above. There's a lot of what a to be white stones, sort of uh, like just one by one in multiple lines, um, not exact uniform like columns necessarily. There's some like broken space between them, but it honestly, if I were to like paint you the uh, a picture of what it genuinely looks like in like modern terms. It just it looks like a graveyard. Like it looks like these are headstones of and and yeah, they're just like headstones like next to each other in lines in like in this big lot. It just sort of looks like a graveyard to me, but they're I called, don't know, but maybe maybe it's not.
0: Yeah, they're called the uh, the Alignement de de Karnak. Um or the the doesn't really translate super, but the 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 Karnak alignments, alignments. Okay. Uh I'll kind of give you I'll give you another picture because um they're bigger than they look from the sky. Um, okay,
1: because they are. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. I, the the sense of scale is hard here, but I guess they must be big because there are some buildings around here. Yeah, they're they're decently big stones. Uh, so and they're, there's, like, they're like taller than people are. Yeah, yeah. And there's over yeah. three thousand people, or
0: over three thousand of these types of standing stones all over uh, Brittany. And there, um, they include things like that, which are stone alignments. But, um, as Ancient Aliens also talks about, they also have things called dolmens. They have you know, things called tumuli, and also just single standing stones, and these things are all over uh, Brittany, but they're also found in some of the moorlands in the UK, and hmm. they're found in uh, they're found in um, Scandinavia. They're Uh, They're they're, they're a noted thing. And what they are, what they actually are, uh, is that they were stones that were erected by uh, people in pre-Celtic Brittany between the years of 4500 BC and 3000 BC. So these things are older than Stonehenge by like thousands of years. Wow! Um, They date back to the Neolithic era. So they were like Stone Age humans doing this. Well, they'd have to be for
1: stones, for mm-hmm. stone work. Yep, stone.
0: Yeah, once, that makes sense. Once stone was gone, uh, they
1: mo- once they moved to we the. We had no more stones. Yeah, that
0: we were out of the stone age, bronze age. That's when we ran out of stones, is when the Earth stopped having stones. Yeah, um, there's a great British skit that's about um, like it's a stone napper who's getting a bronze like initiation day, where like the the guy from bronze is coming by to teach them how to use make stuff out of bronze instead of stone. And he's like, being oh, like, yeah. like, he's being awesome. And like stone was fine for like, you know, or stone was fine for my dad. And it's fine for like <laughs> for me. Why do I have to move to bronze? Yeah. Um, but yeah, this, 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 this place though, the, the Alignments de Carnac are, um, are basically the largest known collection of standing stones on earth. Um, it's these yeah. lines spread across about three kilometers. And I'm realized I have to turn that into.
1: It's uh, close enough.
0: Kilometers in miles in in America miles one point eight six miles. Mm, okay, they're broken down into major stone ro- uh, rows called Menek, Kalmi, Kalmehio, and uh, Kaliskan. So there's various different beliefs about what these things are. One of the most famous myths about them is that the wizard Merlin turned a group huh. of Roman soldiers into stone, and that that's what the 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 stones of Karnak are. Oh, cool! But uh, good they- on you, Merlin. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, what they are actually made of is granite. A granite that's been uh, taken from local outcroppings of stone in the region. Like they weren't quarried or anything like that. They were just moved and aligned in a certain way. Um, okay. Some people say that they were created by aliens or as a way to detect earthquakes or to look at the skies. But really... Oh. Like if they fall over, you're like... Mm, guess there was an earthquake. Ground, ground shaken. Yeah. But it does seem that the actual determination of what these things were for is actually not a hundred percent shown there's some that think it might be a man-made calendar or they might be a funeral uh they might serve some sort of funerary purpose which would make it a huge necropolis
1: um that makes sense that's sort of what i what i said mm -hmm. the
0: more widely recognized though is that it is a funerary practice so this is this is a this might be a, a, a necropolis or graveyard. Yeah. Because it's wow. old enough that uh, very few of the bones, if any, would have actually survived.
1: That makes sense. You did say it was quite old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if you think
0: about it when it yeah. was built, uh, built in 4500 BCE, that puts it at nearly 7000 years old.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah, that's
0: old, very old. That is that is uh, older than the pyramids. That is very old, extremely um, old. Yeah, mm-hmm. the only thing that we see that is like, close to that in age is something like Göbekli Tepe in Turkey, which is um, we talked about briefly in our our um, our episode, our two parter on Graham Hancock, but we'll probably probably return to in an episode in the future. I think somebody mentioned that they were watching Ancient Aliens and came across a Go- Göbekli Tepe reference, so we'll get Ooh, there. We'll get there. Mm-hmm. The other things that are in this area though are uh, broken down into essentially. Three major types of of neo, uh, Neolithic stone crafts. So basically, uh, people in the Stone Age in this period, in this sort of pre-Celtic period, like all these people, like uh, Britain, Britannese people and uh, people in like the UK and in Ireland were like the pregenitors of Celtic culture. Uh, And Mm. they had a habit of moving big rock
1: and putting them in places. They love that. Mm -hmm. That's like their favorite thing to do. Well, they didn't invent TV yet. They didn't invent streaming services. Exactly. Uh, So
0: one of the things that they make is something called a tumuli or a tumulus. Mm which is a mound of earth and stones that are raised over a grave. Uh, and in Karnak, there are some uh, really large burial mounds there uh, that date to around the same time as the alignments, known collectively as the uh, the Karnasayan Tumuli. Mm. And they think that these were probably the burials of elites. Some researchers actually call them
1: divine kings. Oh, I see. The big, the big shots <laughs> were buried here, potentially.
0: Yeah. And uh, they've gone by the nickname of the Tumulus of Saint-Michel Tumiak mm-hmm. and maneo uh, which are big burial mounds the uh, the Tumulus of Saint-Michel was probably built between 5,000 BCE and 3400 BCE and takes up about 35,000 cubic meters or 5,000 46,000 cubic yards of stone and earth to build. So these are big, Goodness. big papas. Yeah. Uh, also digging into these things, we have found uh, some signs of like rich furniture. And we've also found some like uh, artifacts that imply that this might be somebody's, this might've been somebody's tomb, like axes, stone axes, and uh, and also huh. beads and things like that. Typical, Why do those point to? Well, because uh, in a lot of in archaeology, you can typically find that a lot of power important people were typically buried with their prized possessions. Uh, and if okay. you're somebody very powerful, you would tend to be buried with more of your uh, stuff to show how powerful you were in life. So they've oh. up this thing that is typically we've seen other places used as a burial site and find lots of axes and find lots of like, like things like beads and such. And that implies mm. that there was probably an important person or important people buried there. People just loved axes. Mm-hmm. They were like, look at how cool my axes are. Yeah. Another tumulus was found to have over a hundred stone axes and pendants Dang. and beads. So these are huge things. These are like, these I are didn't pretty big. I not know deals.
1: axes were so important. You That's think, so,
0: Yeah. Think about it in, uh, in, in context of that time. In the times of stone napping, you don't have swords yet, so metal's not a thing. Don't got swords. So an axe uh, doubles as a uh, survival tool, as a hunting tool, and as a weapon. Yeah. So it is everything. And I got a hundred of them. Mm-hmm. That's how important I am. Precisely. Uh, another kind of construction that shows up here are things called Dolmens. And dolmens Dolmens. are a kind of construction that shows up across the world. It's when you take two, two stones and then put a big stone
1: on top of it. So yeah, like a stonehenge
0: looks like, like a stonehenge. Yeah. Uh, but these are typically are uh, marked tombs in Brittany, but are in various different sti- states because they've been eroded or because of different things. There's a whole bunch of them in the area. Uh, and typically in the,
1: uh, areas are typically used to be the site of tombs. Um, mm-hmm. the- they look like little doorways. <laughs> so is that like crossing? Is that like crossing over like a sign of like, you know, you cross over from this life to the next, here's a little doorway. There might be
0: theories that say that, but, uh, Nothing can be confirmed because obviously we don't have any writing from that time, so uh archaeologists um, will probably have to answer that in something that. Would have been a bit more depth than I could have done for this one. You know,
1: axes are really good for a lot of things. They are not good writing instruments. It's true. Yeah. Uh, But dolmens actually, the dolmens actually also come from the Neolithic
0: period. And uh, the most common place where they're found in the world is actually the Korean Peninsula, where over 40,000 of all dolmens on Earth are located.
1: Oh my God. Mm -hmm. Is there like a percentage of what 40% that is?
0: 40% of all dolmens on Earth are in the Korean Peninsula or about. Oh, wow. Uh, thirty-five thousand are apparently there. Wow. Uh, but the ones in Western Europe that we're talking about here are the oldest known ones. And okay, it the thing though is that we don't exactly know in this part of Europe why they were erected or who erected them. It's a mystery. Mm-hmm. So that, that so these things also exist in the region, and the other are things called uh menhirs which are basically men-heers. just standing stones upright solid straight stones
1: i'm getting that the stem like men has to do with cuz there's dolmens there's menhirs like men, is men a stem word for like stone or rock could be men.
0: i believe these are coming these come from french for the most part so so it could be mohier, mohier. I don't know. <laughs> um, the thing is that these words don't really sound like French. They are no. Uh, so I, I'm well, kinda, not when I say them for sure. I'm not exactly sure where the uh, the uh, etymology of them. Dolmen is apparently a French word that replaced the English archaeological term cromlech. So oh yeah, I've heard of those cromlechs. You have oh okay. <laughs> of course I have it. <laughs> uh, but the the ment- <clears throat> these upright stones, can also find their origins in like the Bronze Age. In Western Europe Mm. also they're found in Africa and Asia Um, and yeah you'll find them around similar stones uh, and things like that this is like kind of what you would expect for like being done by uh, this is the kind of stuff that was being uh, used by druids druids being Mm. the priesthood of the ancient Celts and they were probably a site where people did uh, acts of sacrifice uh, human sacrifice they used to hang people as like a sort of form of human sacrifice in these regions In these regions, you probably, like, uh, one of the most famous you probably recognize is, like, what are called bog bodies, which is that in these, like, yeah, in bogs, you'll find, like, the bodies of people who have, like, been found Mm. with, like, nooses around their necks, and it's, this form of human sacrifice was common in uh, Mm -hmm. ancient Europe for a very long time, there's, uh, it's widespread practice uh, amongst, like, the ancient Norse, and, so yeah. People were all slightly connected with each other. Huh. Uh, here we go. The word "menhir" here was adopted from the French by 19th century archaeologists. And it's a combination of two words from the language Breton, which is main mm. in here. And Breton is the language spoken in Brittany. And it's actually closer to, um, it's closer related to Celtic than it is French. Gotcha. Which, which means it has more like, um, linguistic ties to like
1: pre-Christian Europe or pre-Christian, uh, Britain. Hmm. Yeah, I'm just I'm still looking up the etymology cuz I love this stuff etymology
0: uh we don't know too much about the people who made the menhirs but they did bury their dead and they did have skills in farming pottery stone making uh, stone napping and uh jewelry making mm-hmm. many of them are engraved with art and have anthropomorphic features on them uh some have images of axes plows shepherds crooks and yokes which means that they're probably like you know images depicting life in the period that they lived in hmm and in the past, uh, and this is where ancient aliens got it from during the middle ages, uh, early Christians believed that they or sorry during the middle ages. The general accepted belief was that these were built by giants who lived in, uh, lived before the biblical flood. Ah, we're back at the giants. Yeah. That's basically where we're at. Um, and, uh, and also many early Christians also destroyed or defaced these things. Um, because, uh, after they were not determined because they were determined to be pagan, Uh, idols and stuff like that. So very early Christian. And also, there wasn't as much respect for history back then, like how uh, parts of the Colosseum were torn down to just build buildings in Rome. Uh, They would tear these things down to get stone to build other things. So...
1: (laughs) we just need, we need stone. Mm-hmm. Where are we going to get some? Well, here's a bunch right here. Yeah. The
0: only thing that we can really tell about them is that these, um, that they likely were seaborne people because we tend to find these men here around coasts or on islands or on peninsulas like, mm-hmm. like resonate.
1: That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And this all brings us back to alignments, alignments. Now you got me with that word at the beginning alignments. Cause like the, from the photos, they are definitely in uh, they're in multiple lines like rows of lines mm-hmm. um but other than that i don't co- i mean what the it, uh, the word alignment makes me feel very like like astrology or something like that is it like the planets have aligned or something yeah i mean they're just it's it's a line they are they are stones erected in a line uh they're aligned with each other right but like what does it mean in this context does it mean anything more significant than the fact that it's just yep we put them in a line well this is the thing we don't
0: actually know and this Mm. is the part this is the alien of the gaps Argument That comes up a lot on ancient aliens where we don't know the answer to why something happened. And so the implication is that it's aliens uh, mm. when, you know, the answer is just that we don't know because, you know, what we don't know about people who lived in the Neolithic age is humongous. Um, 19th century people Mm -hmm. described them as a temple and that they might have had spiritual significance but uh, as far as I can tell that any things to think that they aligned with like planets or stars have fallen flat and for the most part there isn't really a widely accepted theory as to what the point of these alignments are
1: we just lined them up we liked lines Mm -hmm. we still like lines
0: and there might be some uh, I mean we can get into this like a little bit but like uh, a lot of the claims of ancient aliens uh, that like claim like they knew about Pythagoras and Pythagorean theorem. Uh, my two answers to that are one, it would not surprise me if they knew about those kinds of things. People who are able to move stones like this probably had some idea of like, you know, Pythagorean, uh, stuff. It's definitely learned
1: about it. I learned about it in middle school. Right. I mean, it's easy stuff. It's
0: not, uh, like it definitely would be very interesting to find out that Neolithic people had some concept of that kind of geometry, but it's not like, Mm -hmm. it's not like they had laser guns you know it's not this isn't like breaking our concept of like what humans are capable of by thinking that people in the stone age might have had some concept of pythagorean theorem um Mm -hmm. the second is like i don't know i i if you look at if you watch the ancient aliens episode they're doing a lot of work to to make that attachment and Mm -hmm. at the end of the day what they are talking about is triangles that it very quickly makes it and there's very much like you see the lines and then they're like if you look at this line and then you add two more lines Lines. It's a triangle.
1: And I'm like, it's a triangle. triangle. <laughs> it's very if much If there's one thing that ancient aliens cannot stop talking about, it's triangles. <laughs> yeah. It, it, but like it's like it was like um how
0: on the Piri Reese map, how like it like it eerily fits on our map, and like this map that looks nothing like North America then gets laid over, and then they put the real one, and it's like, wait, like this map, this map fate is really disproving your point. There's a lot of cases yeah. <laughs> where they're like, look at like this pattern that the uh the alignments of of
1: uh Karnak have, and it's like not very convincing at all. Um, -hmm. they have to have to go to edit some sort of like warp tool (laughs) to be like, yeah, if you, if you, Don't pay attention to how we're editing this. It definitely looks
0: legit. Mm -hmm. And even if it is legit, like it would not surprise me that even without having to know advanced like trigonometry or or I guess that's basic trigonometry, but without having to know anything about trigonometry, the idea of making a a shape that's like a triangle where each side of the triangle is a side of a square is not a wild, like it's not a wild thing to be like an aesthetic symbol that somebody thought of. Yeah, is basic. Yeah. Geometry. Uh, but these and also it would also be more interesting if these were an example of an upart or an out of place artifact that mm. um, that like this is like weird and like you don't see it in other places. But really, it's the biggest example, but it's not the only example. And the fact that they exist in other places uh, with similar types of design show that there's at least a context for it that makes a lot of sense. Um, uh, mm. stone rows have shown up in all sorts of places and have lots of different types of designs. And they do seem to show a pattern that probably show the migration patterns or the sort of, as we, as I mentioned, they were probably, um, they were probably, uh, tied to the ocean or tied to the sea in some way. And so huh. you see them in parts of the British Isles, in parts of Scandinavia, and in northern France, all places that are connected by, like, the North Sea and English Channel. Um, yeah, that's fair. And, like, you know, you can probably see, like, like uh, ancient Norse people had a thing about rune stones where they built, like, erect stones that they wrote things on um mm-hmm. which is always very amusing because uh the Norse were very into writing about things about where they were but they were also very um they're very blunt like uh like yeah. They were like, like, they like, like, people will like find this like antler or something that's got like runes carved into it. And they're like, what does this mean? And they translate it into, and it says like antler.
1: Yeah. Or uh, Mia, yeah. Mia told <laughs> me
0: about a very funny one where they found these runes in this very high, out of place, like out of reach location. And they couldn't mm-hmm. figure out what it means. Then they finally translated and it said, this is very high. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it's like,
0: that, that in many ways it's speaks like to the, um, like how the, the Norse people were.
1: It's like messages in dark souls where it's just like yeah try finger butthole <laughs> it's
0: it speaks a lot it, it, to me it it speaks a lot to the um to the very direct minds of the of the ancient Norse but it shows that like these kind of like stone monolith things are uh, are fairly common in these sort of culturally contiguous regions around here
1: oh yeah I mean to talk about another show that I think I've mentioned once or twice around here Outlander is the the whole thing is magic stones Craig Nadoon Mm -hmm. uh, in in Scotland so
0: you can't go like I've been to the UK like you can't go around the UK without finding old druidic stones (laughs) like uh, like I remember because I went and saw some and then when I saw them uh, all of a sudden I was like, you know, like walking around them. And then uh, there was some sheep just hanging
1: out. And I was like, Oh, hi sheep. sheep. Hi sheep. Sheep. Wait, hold on. Do you think the sheep put the stones there? They're the, they're the H they're the, the, they're the the (laughs) aliens. sheep are aliens. They were, were the we're first animal we to, <laughs> cloned, right? So we're continuing to add to our list. Like one of the first early episodes geese. is that, like, yeah, geese are aliens, sheep are aliens. Any animal with a double E, that's an alien. That's how they know. That's how they identify each other. It's because when you when you find out they're an alien, you go E. That's their language. That's their language. They say E. <laughs> yeah. Dolphins yeah. don't have a double E, but do they do say E a lot? Mm-hmm. So think about that. Yeah.
0: Uh, and I thought I would also use this as an opportunity to talk a little bit about the region, because Brittany is a very interesting uh, place that uh, doesn't – I feel like um, in some of the ways that, like, in Europe we have – or outside of Europe, we have this idea that a lot of European countries are cultural monoliths. And when we think of France, we think that everybody there is French. Uh, and, yeah. I'm hoping that there's a lot of places where like, or you would probably guess, like we know in the English world, like we know in the UK that there's Scotland, there's Ireland and like there's yeah. Welsh and then there's like, there. if you want to give me more granular, like different kingdoms in England, like like Cornish people have a completely different culture and their own accent and like,
1: yeah, it gets,
0: it gets all very complex. But then when it comes to other countries in Europe, we don't think of it like that when, you know, a lot of places... Do have him uh, probably the most famous that you probably that you might know is that in Spain, there's a whole bunch of like different nations within mm-hmm. Spain itself, like uh, like Catalonia or uh, the Basque region or.
1: Um, yeah, I it, was thinking it, about it, Spain. Yeah.
0: And so um, and and France has these as well. You know, there's Burgundians, there's uh, there's the Masayus, um, there's like all sorts mm-hmm. of different uh, groups of people that uh, can have their own thing. And Brittany is compared to even other parts of france which france is actually compared to other european countries has done a lot of work to centralize and culturally unify the country in not a kind way i should say but like yeah the whole thing is that if you go to france one of the things about france is that it's like super super centralized like okay all railroads go through paris it's it's wild but um Anyways, uh, that, that's but but Brittany is uh, fairly culturally unique in a lot of different ways. Uh, it used hmm. to be a Roman province, uh, Roman province called uh, Armorica, and at, after
1: that became an independent hmm. kingdom before it was demoted that to be an sounds like a, that sound, that does sound like a French person trying to say America Armorica. Yeah. What did you say to me, you American podcast host? A, hey. you know, how, like
0: French people say a. Hey. Yeah, the Romans referred to this place as Amorica. and after the fall of the Roman Empire, it became its own kingdom, the Kingdom of Brittany, and then hmm. became the Duchy of Brittany. And it really only joined France in 1532. Okay,
1: seems seems late.
0: Yeah, uh, but also Brittany has uh, its own cultural identity. It's one of uh six Celtic nations, and it even has today a nationalist movement that tries to either get greater autonomy within France or even seeks uh, independence from France. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, It has a cultural mix of being both Celtic, but also it was a site where a lot of Viking invasions happened in the 10th century. So there's a Mm. strong, uh, like the whole Northern coast of France had many like Viking raids, much like in Britain. And so uh, there's a lot of like Viking uh, stuff in, in intertwined with it. Mm-hmm. In the 14th century, the English kings also tried to claim the French throne. And in the Breton war of succession, mm-hmm. they tried to use the, they tried to use this, uh, to instigate a fight between the house of Blois. Blois. Yeah. Don't you know the house of Blois? The house of Blois. Yeah, I know it. I tell you that I once got laughed at by my in-laws because I, um, I I re- referenced to a street called Joliet street and they were like, that's Joliet. And I was like the Louisiana person." just was a mistake um <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's funny but uh, so the house of blois fighting with the house with another montfort. house Montf- montfort yeah the house of blois fighting Mo- the house of montfort
0: yeah so the gives is a big like thing um there's also they were also involved in something called the mad war or la guerre folle um Ooh. Which was this medieval conflict between a different, uh, basically, a bunch of uh, different feudal lords fighting against the king of France. Oh. Uh, during the Regency, where Princess Anne of Beaujou was the uh, the Regent of France after Louis the okay. Eleventh died, um, but uh, the war did not last long. It only lasted about three years, and it was it did not end well for her. the fact that France exists shows that it did not go well for them. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, but yeah, Brittany joined the duchies of Lorraine, Albret, uh, Orange, and Angulem. Sure, with like you know the outside help of the of Castile, which is spain and england and uh the holy roman empire which is basically germany um either way war uh ended uh the problem though is that after that war happened or that war happened and it became uh subsumed or at least it became uh denounced down to a duchy and uh basically got subsumed by france uh under what's the, a duchy you said that a couple times what's a duchy so a duchy is there's basically like levels i'm like i'm using like crusader kings to really uh to really flesh this out but basically like in uh british nobility or in european nobility there is like a sort of hierarchy of different noble titles okay and so like at the bottom you might have like a baron who is somebody who owns a castle Ooh, uh okay. then you might have below above that uh, a count, somebody who rules over a county if you rule over several counties you might be called a dutch a, a duke or a or a, a duchess and you'd roll over uh, a duchy um and typically you might have other counts that are sort of like basically all of european politics in this period worked like a uh, pyramid scheme so um, so like a, du- a duke see. would have like a couple counts that are sort of uh, pledged under them that would uh, pledge to them and then a duke would be pledged yeah. to a king um mm-hmm. and it's not a pyramid scheme it's a reverse funnel let's 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 say <laughs> yeah, that yeah, all sure. right uh, and then above that, um, a person who rules over several kings is technically an emperor.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's sort of like, but the, but basically, yeah, it was uh, it was demoted to a duchy and no longer a kingdom, uh, and eventually split into different departments. Uh, basically, when France modernized after the French Revolution in 1789, mm. and it lost a lot of its population in the 19th century after a bad economic recession, uh, and basically was like split into a bunch of things until it was reconstituted as the region of Brittany in 1956. Um, and oh, that's very recent. Yeah, and now apparently, uh, Brittany is doing very well, and it's actually a place of like economic growth, which I think is really oh, interesting. cool. Yeah. Uh, in this region, French is still the official languages, but there are, is still the official language, but there are two regional languages that are still spoken in some circles. One is Breton mm-hmm. and the other is Gallo. Uh, Breton is a Celtic language that has uh Britonic roots. And it's basically a, uh, it's, con- it's considered an endangered language by UNESCO, but it is a like sort of language that is similar to like Gaelic and like, like kind of like Irish and Welsh or well, not, not Welsh, but, um, Irish and Scotch Gaelic and stuff like that. Gotcha.
1: So let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Like a year or two ago, when there was a hashtag about Britney Spears saying like "Free Britney," did the did that have a different meaning? Do you think online um, for for the for the region of Britney? Britney. Uh, let's see. Um no because Brittany the name is
0: typically b-r-i-t-t-n-e-y this is spelled b-r-i-t-t-a-n-y
1: okay but you know people on twitter must have done a type of course, at some point of and done free britney free, 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 free the britons yeah or and then free the britons. Like, yeah and then and then people in people in france were like hell, hell yeah dude hell yeah what's up yeah,
0: flying their little flag um Mm -hmm. but yeah the other language Gallo is apparently also uh, is also spoken to a little bit although Breton is now being revived in some circles in Brittany so Mm -hmm. uh, and that has apparently been at the expense of Gallo it's a language that had no written had no written language before the 20th century and uh, is not Celtic but does have some Celtic influence it's more of like a a indigenous language of the region and it's estimated to have as few as 28,000 and as many as 200,000 speakers and you can and take it optionally in school there cool let me see if i can find its roots Cause uh, I wonder it. if it
1: has anything to do with, um, tap into your ancestors. Gauls. Cause yeah.
0: uh, a lot of like, what would be today, France in like Roman times was called Gaul. Mm. Uh, it does seem to, Oh, it does seem to have, it's a romance language as well. Just like French. Okay.
1: What makes something a romance language?
0: Uh, basically it sounds, sounds hot. Uh, it usually it has origins in Latin. Oh, I see. Uh, so like you're, uh, so yes. <laughs> so like Italian, Spanish, Portuguese, and gotcha. uh, French uh, and Romanian, for some reason, are all like romance languages. Hmm. But that's like that's sort of the, that's sort of the region. Um, the site itself is apparently like uh, the, the the Alignement de Carnac is still a controversial site, mostly because uh, in an effort to preserve it, the authorities have essentially made it so that you can't visit it. They've walled it off or they've they've blocked it off. And uh, that is after many centuries of it basically being neglected and sort of falling apart due to erosion. Mm. Even though it's been like, you know, uh, there's been people writing about it since the 1700s and it's like a very famous part of like the prehistory of Brittany.
1: Yeah, it's been around forever, it seems like. But Mm -hmm. I guess... I mean I guess everything will, you know, everything turns turns everything washes away through time except for rocks I guess. Except for rocks, but I guess they're are but are they arguing that they that they are that they're trying to protect them cuz they're Trying to protect fragile? people from going there and knocking them over or just adding to the erosion. They started yeah.
0: protecting the site in the 1870s. Um but it still has a lot of like restrictions on public access. I think you can mm. still go. It's just tougher um yeah i know a guy yeah and, and yeah it was just sort of like public land that was then bought up by the french government in the early 20th century uh redeveloped and uh and now has um has deteriorated even more because of tourism lovely um but they changed that because uh they restricted public access in 1991 after launching uh after the the heritage ministry launched mission karnak uh and focused on fo- on developing scientific and technical studies of their plan in and uh trying to figure out how to conserve and develop the area mm-hmm. the problem though is that the restrictions of public access where this was land that was used for like grazing and that was used by like uh and also uh by like you know taking this under the french government the locals have wanted to be involved in its uh, maintenance and restoration. And there's been debate over like what role locals should have in their own cultural heritage. Mm-hmm. And so apparently this is still a topic of debate amongst locals and groups within yeah. the Karnak region. Uh, but I did find out that, that uh, one of their conservation uh, tricks has been that they actually have been allowing locals to graze their sheep there in order to control uh, the, the uh, to control the weeds and stop the grass the from sheep. eroding the,
1: Yeah. It's them. It's their home. They're claiming it back. (laughs) These are are our rocks. We put them here. We're the sheep that, that we're aliens. That's basically their confession that they're aliens.
0: Yeah, the sheep, they didn't want to go there to graze. They wanted to go home. Mm
1: -hmm. And they know that's where the energy is. That's where the energy is. Good job, sheep. We're on to you. But yeah, that's that's the that's the
0: Karnak alignments. There wasn't a whole lot that ancient aliens claimed about it, but I thought it was like this interesting little uh, tidbit cool. of French and like, you know, European history that
1: uh, I don't think we've gone to France before on this show. So I thought it was cool. I to don't cover. think so. No. First time going to France and we uncovered a bigger conspiracy about sheep. Yes, this is uh, this one goes all the way Wait. to the bottom. Oh, No. <laughs> The sheep were there to control the weeds. Weeds also has a double E in it. Plant aliens? Weeds you are
0: invasive. Or no, they're not invasive. Weeds are usually native plants trying to take rid of your invasive plants. But mm-hmm. um, So, you know, you smoke
1: weed yep. and you see aliens? Let's think about that. I wouldn't know. I've not. I don't. My body is pure for the (laughs) Lord. Thank you so much for listening to this episode (laughs) of Probably Not Aliens. If you liked it, you can follow uh, this show at Probs on Aliens where we are going to post a lot of presumably a lot of updates about our plan to see the show live and where yep. you can find us and if you want to go hang out with us and and whatnot. But until then, if people wanted to hear more of you and even see you, because oh this, this doesn't have an audio, this doesn't have a video component, this podcast it's only audio, but if they want mm-hmm. to see you Tristan, where can people go do that? Uh, they can go to Step Back
0: on YouTube or Nebula. It's a place where I talk about history and why it's important for understanding the world today. I have a pretty successful recent video about Meatball Ron and why Meatball Ron is not a good guy and the bad ideas, mm-hmm. that, dangerous mm-hmm. ideas that he's putting forward. Uh, Scott, if I wanted to, I don't know if it'll be out by this time, probably. Uh, if I wanted to probably. know about YouTube plagiarism after yep. um, somebody's been Illuminati on the internet,
1: uh, what, 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 where would I go? Uh, you can go to my YouTube channel, NerdSync, N-E-R-D-S-Y and see you know i was like i'm gonna make shorter rapid fire videos and then this very first one i'm doing ended up ballooning to over 30 minutes long scott it's it's just it's because it's about creativity and art and editing and like All your videos not, about creativity and art and editing but how can i not talk about that for so long I promise I'll make shorter ones later. Emily needs to come down and spray you with a bottle of water every time (laughs) you take too long on these things. (laughs) And then if you want to continue supporting this show, you can do so at uh, nebula.tv slash probably not aliens you can listen to our uh, an episode early yeah next week's episode will be out now as
0: you're listening to this it's up
1: now presumably if i edited it in time Mm -hmm. which usually i do so go check it out and thank you to everyone for writing reviews of this show did you know i've been getting emails about this if you listen on spotify it asks you like after each episode like how did you enjoy that episode and i guess we can prompt Spotify to ask people specific questions if we wanted to, like per episode. Um, So maybe I'll ask people, maybe on Spotify, I'll be like Detroit or Chicago. (laughs) I feel like we're going to be starting some sort of Midwestern civil war over this. (laughs) We're going to start a war. Either way, thank you to everyone who wrote nice things on Spotify when you get those prompts. I didn't even know that was a thing. So it just automatically happens. I had no choice. If they're annoying, I also apologize because I had no idea. But thank you to everyone who actually wrote some stuff. It really, it makes me happy. Be. Yeah, you guys are and awesome. Yeah, and and thank you for continuing to tell your friends about the show. It's how it really grows. And a really simple place to send people is a website called probstownaliens.com, where presumably by this point I'll have a poll up there where you can vote on Chicago or Detroit in the blood war that we are uh, instigating, where we well, might do Which a place us. you get to hang out with us in a pub. Yep. <laughs> That's it. Until next time, my name is Scott Nicewander.
0: I'm Tristan Johnson, and the truth is out there. Hmm?
1: Probably. I had to do that one. You had to do it. The sheep made you do it. It was orders from the mother sheep. Oh, no. (laughs)